Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business show from the newsroom at Business in Vancouver. I'm Haley Wooden, Executive Editor at BIV. And my guest today is Cameron McNeil, Executive Director and Partner of MLA Canada. We're going to be discussing what's happening in Vancouver and Greater Vancouver's real estate market. And we'll also look ahead at what's expected to happen this fall. Cameron, thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank you so much for having me, Haley. I appreciate it. So tell me, what are you seeing happen take place in the market right now? What's the level of activity we're seeing in Vancouver's residential market? We have had such an incredible, uh, I was going to call it a roller coaster, but that applies ups and downs. We've had such an incredible market in the last 18 months. And um, I think going into COVID, none of us in the real estate industry would have predicted how strong the market was. We had very strong fundamentals below the surface, but of course, this this incredible uh, pandemic hit hit not just not just uh, Canada, but of course global, and and we were really unsure about how it would show up. And the opposite of what a lot of people predicted happened, we ended up having an incredibly strong market, as you recall. And uh, and so, uh, you know, we are wondering right now: is this great? post-COVID real estate run going to going to slow down or is it going to just keep going? And um, so we, we've had a very strong market starting summer of last year. Um, many of those months and many of those regions and different sectors were record-breaking. And it's just been a, a very, very strong real estate market, uh, despite the fact that we haven't yet started to see immigration flow back into the, into the country and into the city. So it's been um, pretty, pretty wild and, and quite, quite often a surprising market for many of us. Yeah, I like your roller coaster analogy because many other industries and sectors certainly experienced ups and downs in line with the opening and shutting down of restrictions and access in BC and beyond. And the question you raise is a good one. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it, but is there anything happening in the market right now to indicate that we might then see a bit of a, a down period or any kind of a slowdown? Yeah, you bet. We, you know, at MLA Canada, we have a very strong advisory group that watches the market very carefully. And the the peak market was March of this year. And we measure that both on the resale market as well as what we call the pre-sale market, which is new, new homes that are being released into the market from the development industry. March of this year, um, or let's call it, uh, um, uh, you know, the spring market was the, the absolute peak of the market. And it has slowly, uh, uh, gently slowed down uh, since then, but we are still in a strong market. And so there's some conjecture around why that slowdown has happened, whether, whether the, um, the, that, that demand has just worked itself out of the market a little bit, um, or the fact that at least in greater Metro Vancouver, COVID um, uh, is starting to be uh, 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 the constraints around COVID are starting to slow down. So people are starting to recreate and, 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 and again, explore going out for dinner and, 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 um, and uh, social things and just their activities again are changing. And, and as well as sometimes real estate is seasonal. And so the summer of course can often be a bit, a bit slower. So it's, it's a tricky thing to watch, but, um, but the market is definitely slower today um, than it was in March. And to give you a perspective, the 10-year historical average in pre-sale, we typically see between 11 and 1,200 new homes released into the market. In, in March, we were seeing 55 to 60% of those new homes being released being consumed or, or sold within that same month sale, which is a very, very, very high um, sales rate for, for new homes being released. 
Uh, today, in the month of June, we saw uh, roughly 1,300 homes released. So still a lot of new homes coming into the market with 550 sales. Still a very strong market, but that is now coming down to about 42%. Um, so, you know, we see it easing off a little bit, but still a very strong market overall. Still very strong. Yeah. You mentioned immigration. We haven't really had international travelers or people coming to Canada for quite some time now. Once that's able to happen, and it looks like we have at least a tentative scheduled timeline for that, would it be fair to expect that we see some demand in the local real estate market? Absolutely. So this is uh, people that have that have followed um, uh, MLA and and uh, our our predictions. Immigration is one of the foundational pieces that drives our real estate market, and our federal government has increased our our targets for immigration uh, going back a couple of years, and and those targets have all been interrupted as you mentioned because of COVID, and we expect to see. 1.2 million to 1.3 million new Canadians coming into Canada over the next three years. And that is hit a, a historically um, very high number. We, it'll be the single largest immigration wave this country has ever seen. And all of those people, of course, need a home. And quite often new immigrants into Canada choose our largest urban centers as their primary choice, Vancouver, Toronto, and, and therefore incredible pressures Before, you know, be, be, um, uh, come onto the city and we, we have zero supply. Um, that, that's part of the reason why our, we're seeing prices uh, push up again. And when that immigration wave happens, and it may, it may not happen at the end of this year, it may happen at the beginning of next year, but, but let's make no mistake, it, it will come and it will come in a very strong way. It will greatly impact our real estate market. That's a big number. And I was going to ask you, what's the state of our supply? I mean, you and I both know municipal governments, provincial governments, and federal government are all looking at how to create more affordable housing and also just increase the supply that we have. But it sounds like it's not going to keep pace with this massive wave of immigration expected to come. How would you sort of characterize the amount of supply being built now and maybe the, the gap that exists in terms of what we should be doing to prepare for this wave? Uh, Haley, this is um, this is a very big subject uh, around the boardroom tables at MLA and with our with our clients and developers. Um, there's there's so many uh, layers of complexity around trying to get supply into the market and the whole affordability conversation. You know, I think what is important for for listeners to think about is first of all, Vancouver is one of the most spectacular places to live in the world and continues to be rated so and 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 unless we do a terrible job at managing our city it's going to continue to 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 be one of the top destinations in the world and so even if we released double the supply um, I, I think that that supply could easily be consumed by um, by new immigrants coming into into Canada um, the government is trying to play with things such as foreign buyers tax and things like that but That, that, this is not a foreign buyer story. This is, this is um, uh, Canadians and, um, and law, even longstanding Vancouverites that are trying their best to, to stay within the city, despite the incredible difficulties around affordability, as well as uh, new Canadians coming into the country, competing for that same real estate. And, and that competition, of course, just eats up any new supply. Now, this is all exasperated because the cities and municipalities are just frankly moving so slow. A project takes years to even get approved, let alone built. Um, a typical project, if a, if a developer was to acquire the land today, they wouldn't even be able to start to 
offer it for sale for most likely two years plus. Then it takes roughly a year to get organized with sales and finance and, and, and construction uh, uh, costs. And then perhaps another two to three years to build it, depending on its form of construction. So that is a five to six year timeline. So if, if the, the supply need is today, it won't be delivered um, for five years from, from the point uh, the development community makes a commitment to that project. And those timelines are just way too long to be able to, to keep up with, with supply. So business decisions made today are, are entering the, the supply into the market at five years down the road. It's, it's a very, very long timeline. Mm-hmm. I'm curious for your thoughts on this. We've seen a lot of people not have to go into the office for work and perhaps even yeah. anecdotally, a lot of people making decisions about where to live based on their at-home work needs and also maybe not needing to come into the office, not only during the pandemic, but perhaps moving forward. Is that a, a significant enough trend where that could actually maybe free up some meaningful amount of supply within our downtown core for new people coming in who, who very much want to live in an urban center? Uh, I love this theme, um, Haley, when it comes to changing uh, trends and COVID has accelerated trends that already were afoot pre-COVID. We were already starting to see um, uh, uh, working people uh, having greater flexibility being offered by their employers. Uh, prior to COVID, uh, even some large companies, an example is TELUS, over 50% of their employees were working working uh, outside of, of, a, of, a, of a regular place of work that they needed to go to every day. And so it was already a trend. But of course, COVID has, has taught the entire um, uh, uh, working world, whether it be employers or employees, that it is possible to be productive uh, and not go to a, to a regular place of work five days a week. Now that just opened up the floodgates for people to, to consider other opportunities that were less about locational convenience and more about lifestyle and space. And so um, location is always going to be a premium, um, but, but it really just gave people more choice. An example of that is we recently opened a project for Kingswood Capital called Redbridge in Squamish. And it's the largest project Squamish has ever seen in in a decade, over 300 new homes offered to the market, incredible sell at success. And the vast majority of those buyers are people that are currently living in the lower mainland, looking for um, a wonderful lifestyle. You, you can appreciate Squamish is all about you know, the outdoors and things like that. But these are people that work in lower mainland. They're not working in Squamish. And um, you know whether they can commute one or two days a week or they can work from home, um, it was the real driver for the success of, of that project. And that would be the same as perhaps even uh, explaining why the Fraser Valley has been one of the hottest markets in the lower mainland where people are just prepared to go more um, geographically diverse than they were pre COVID. Mm-hmm. And I imagine too, lifestyle plays a big part, but also affordability plays a big part. And traditionally sort of the further out you move from a downtown area, the more affordable your housing options might be. One thing I wanted to to ask you was about CMHC's restrictions around mortgage access. And we had some tightened restrictions this year, but then we also had CMHC acknowledge that maybe some of the tightening of restrictions wasn't the right course of action to take. And then they're making uh, the application process a little bit more accessible for some individuals. Have you seen that have any kind of material impact on the market? Yeah, we, we did watch that very carefully. And, and our hypothesis going into it was that the CMHC tightening really, um, if it does narrow the overall um, uh, spectrum of buyers, it, re- it really affects the, the um, 
the people that are just stretching to get into the market, the lowest, the lowest end of, of the affordability spectrum, if you will. And, and I think that uh, CMHC is really actually trying to assist that, sec that segment of, of the spectrum. And so, um, you know, Vancouver being the most expensive city within, within the country, um, you know, it, it's, it's really um, uh, not affecting the, 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 the middle of the bell curve, if you will. And so the bulk of the market we saw not impacted by this um, policy, um, but those that, that um, you know, had constraints around qualification or, or um, equity down payment, um, you know, it, it potentially could have affected that a little bit. The market was so strong the last 18 months, it's really hard to, to see um, how much it did impact it, but it did overall affect people's um, buying power. And, um, you know, our, our, our view is that the fundamentals are going to continue to remain strong. Um, our interest rates are, are at, at century lows and uh, are predicted to stay uh, low in the near future. And so I'm more worried about seeing interest rates tick up, but there's no indication that they will in the next few years. So I, I don't believe it had a significant impact on the overall market. Fair enough. And I think we're, we know that the Bank of Canada is certainly watching uh, the vulnerability of Canadians, how exposed we are to debt and specifically mortgage debt. And I'm sure that's factored to some extent into any rate decisions that we see in the months and years ahead. Yeah, Final you know. question for you, Cameron. So given uh, record lower century low interest rates, this wave of immigration coming, uh, the lack of supply we have in the market, all the other trends that we've been talking about today, what are you sort of expecting to see in the fall? or perhaps beyond what it, what are you and your team at MLA Canada looking at well, there's a few a few trends that that we are looking at some of them are uh, go, are, are showing up right away in the next um, uh, a couple quarters and then some of them are, are medium term uh, what we are going to see in in the next six months is a resurgence of the downtown market and the premium markets we're already starting to see it now downtown is starting to uh, come alive with some some new projects being released and being well consumed. Um, Canby Corridor, West Side, North Shore. These these lagged some of the more affordable markets in the Greater Metro Vancouver in the last eighteen months, and in the last couple months, they've really started to come back. And we see that trend continuing to go. So the premium end of the market has now is now starting to catch up to the to the to the bulk of the market. So that's one trend that that we're seeing. Um, the immigration um, doesn't just include long term. Um, uh, uh, new Canadians, but also includes all the students coming back as well. A huge wave of students that will start to push rental rates again and uh, really start to have a trickle down effect to the broader market when we see tens of thousands of students coming back into greater Metro Vancouver. So, you, you know, immigration will continue to play a significant role in the medium term um, as new Canadians start to, to settle. And then there's some, some fantastic medium to long-term trends. We touched on it with, with just people's changing lifestyle and so we are helping many of our clients with envisioning and designing new projects that include more flexibility for people to be working at home. Um, many interior design ideas to, to allow people to, to be, you know, an example would be a couple working out of a one bedroom. How does that look like when, when uh, someone's on a Zoom call and someone else is in the kitchen making coffee <laughs> and those kinds of just, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> Those just very very typical things, and and uh, and of course we're seeing much more of those um, those clever ideas coming, or you know very thoughtful ideas coming into into homes, and we fundamentally will see see some of these shifts. But when we talk about uh, people having more geographical diversity in their in their in their choices, um, I, I want to be very clear: downtown Vancouver and the premium markets will always be the premium markets, and. 
um, uh, downtown Vancouver, we are predicting we'll, we'll, we'll start to see new uh, price thresholds again. The, the height of the market was achieved in 2016 in, uh, in all markets in greater Metro Vancouver. In most of the more affordable markets, we've already exceeded those, those highs. But now we're going to, um, we predict over the next six to 18 months, downtown Vancouver and the single family premium markets are also going to achieve new highs again. Well, there you have it. Cameron, thank you so much for joining the show. And I look forward to potentially having you back in the future to talk about some of the trends that you're seeing and some of the interesting data that your team is looking through. But for now, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Haley. Thanks for having us. That's Cameron McNeil, Executive Director and Partner at MLA Canada. I'm Haley Wooden, Executive Editor at BIV, and this has been BIV Today, our daily business show. Thanks so much for listening. We encourage you to get updates on new episodes by subscribing to our show, and you can find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find our archive of shows over at BIV.com audio. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow.